1: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana White. I blog almost every day over at aslobcomesclean.com. I blog there as Noni, which is short for anonymous, because that's where I share the completely honest and never ending story of my personal deslobification process. That means I share the struggles, successes, and failures that I experience as I go through um, the process of getting my own house under control. And as I find what works and what doesn't work, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing methods that actually work in real life for real people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Uh, Thanks for joining me today. I would love for you to go over to aslobcomesclean.com slash connect and find me in all of my social media channels and connect with me there. You can connect on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We hit 70,000 Facebook likes the other day. Um, That's a big old community of people who are honest about not having it all together in their house. So if you personally struggle, please know that you are not alone um, and go there to encourage one another. Although I will say really quickly, and perhaps this person is listening, although I can't imagine that they did. But um, I did have to actually ban ban someone from the page. I've never done that before, but um, just like a really rude comment in reply to someone else uh, at the end of most days. I don't always get it done, but at the end of most days, I'll say, "Okay, this is what I did today. You know, my laundry's done, my dishwasher's running, blah blah blah. How was your day?" And um, anyway, and somebody just went through and and responded rudely to other people. So I did have to ban that person. And it really was hard to do. But um, it's very important to me that it's an encouraging community and as much control as I can have over it. I'm going to protect my people because uh, this is a real issue that some of us have. And I totally understand that because I have the same issue. And um, I want to make sure that that people feel it's a safe place. So um, okay, I'm going to talk about garage sales today. This is podcast number 27, and uh, you can go to find the show notes at aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts, and there you will find the links to the various podcasts that I've done so far, and if you get there and podcast 27 is not directly linked from that page, it exists, I promise, just go down to the bottom and see where it says... Um, find all of my podcasts here and you will get quickly to podcast number 27. I'm going to talk about how to have a good garage sale. This is actually going to be a series of podcasts. And um, I know a lot about garage sales. Too much, way too much. Um, I've written a a series of posts. I actually wrote it in my very first year of blogging, but it's all still totally applicable because There's just basic concepts that you need to understand when you're going to have a garage sale in order to make that successful. Today, specifically, I'm going to talk about expectations and, you know, getting your mindset correct if you're going to have a garage sale, because there can be lofty dreams when you hear of somebody who, oh yeah, I made $2,500 at my garage sale. Well, That is so great for them, but that is not always normal. Okay. So you need to understand, okay, if you're going to have a garage sale. It's not a guarantee that you're going to make $2,500, but what can you do to maximize your own personal results in, in having a garage sale and having the right expectations and knowing, you know, what's my purpose for doing that. So I'm going to talk about that Uh, That series that I wrote, if you want to go ahead and read that and uh, just get ideas, if you're in the midst of, you know, getting ready for a garage sale, you can go to the show notes for this podcast number 27, and I will link to that series within that um, podcast show notes. So, all right, so let's talk about garage sales. Right now, it is April of 2014. I'm saying that, assuming that these, you know, podcasts are going to exist, in another however many years. Uh, but just let you know, it's April right now. And this is prime garage sale having time. Okay. Um, the weather's pretty, it's not too hot yet in Texas. It's starting to get, you know, consistently warm and and pretty outside. So this is a great time. And most places in the U S right now, you know, are starting to hit spring. So this is a a good time when people are out and about. There are more customers at this time of year because sometimes, you know, people who don't just always go to garage sales this time of year think, huh, I think I'd like to go to some garage sales today because it's pretty and I'm looking for such and such or, you know, furniture or whatever it is that they're looking for. There's also a season change, which makes people go looking for kids clothes and things like that. Um, so, If you have that garage sale itch, perhaps you've been spring cleaning over the last month or so, and you've piled up a bunch of stuff and you think, I think I want to have a garage sale. Okay. So let's talk about expectations. Expectations are really, really important. Main thing for me is to realize that a garage sale is a last resort. Okay. It is not well, I'll I'll get into that. But thinking of a garage sale as the last resort for getting money for an item. Okay. It is not the first thing. It's the very last thing. Um, just real quickly to go through my personal qualifications, my little garage sale resume here. Um, there was a time in my life, probably about seven years ago, seven to, well, I would say seven to 12 years ago. So about four to five years there where I was obsessed with garage sales I went all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean I had a friend who had a little boy the same age as mine. Our boys were probably, you know, between 1 and 3 at the time because I think my um my second child came along. So, uh, you know, so we had these little boys and we would every Friday morning where we lived, Friday garage sales were very common and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But um Every Friday, every Thursday, we would get the paper, we would look and see, you know, where the garage hills were going to be, we would map them out, we would decide and we would meet at like seven o'clock in the morning. And put the boys in their car seats, we would get them donuts. So they thought that was great and we would go to garage sales. And one of us would hop out and look while the other one stayed in the car with the kids. And then the other, we'd switch off and the other one would go look. And if it was one that had a lot of toys where the kids wanted to, um, you know, get out and we felt like it was a safe place away from the road, then we'd let the kids get out and they just thought it was great. Um, and it really, for me personally, at a time when we were adjusting to living on one income, because uh, I was a stay-at-home mom with little kids, uh, I did not shopping wasn't an option, you know, and I don't consider myself a huge shopper, but women like to shop. It's just generally a thing, you know, and it kind of scratched that itch for me. So while I could not go even to Walmart and just shop for stuff for my kids or toys or clothes or anything like that, I could go to a garage sale and give myself a budget of two or $3 and come home with Know stuff sometimes I'd find clothes for me or clothes for the kids or whatever. Um, but uh, that was also, as I've mentioned many times, that was what got me into a lot of trouble because I ended up starting to sell on eBay and I got really into that and I would buy stuff like crazy. So I would bring all this junk honestly into my house junk simply because I didn't personally need it, but I was bringing it in to sell it on eBay. I would get it home. This was before smartphones. And I would then find out after I got home that it's actually worthless or it has a certain season that it needs to be selling or whatever. And that stuff would sit around my house. And I had an entire room full of junk that I had gotten at garage sales that I was planning to sell on eBay, but maybe, you know, anyway, it just, it took time and I was not getting stuff out of my house at the rate, anywhere near the rate that I was bringing it in with garage sales. So anyway, my point is I know garage sales. I know the overall, what people who go to garage sales, what they expect to see uh, I also know from the perspective of the person who then eventually sold that stuff in garage sales. When I wrote the series of posts in that first year of blogging, I said that I had had four garage sales in the last couple of years before that, um, getting this stuff out of my house. So even before I started the blog, I was, um, st- kind of stopping the garage sale thing. I think I stopped that kind of when I started couponing. I know I'm an obsessive type person, but anyway, um, but I started, you know, getting stuff out of my house and having garage sales. And so not only did I have the perspective of the person who went to garage sales and knew what to expect and knew which ones made me spend money versus the ones that didn't. Uh, but I also, you know, was from the perspective of the person having the garage sale. Okay. So, all right. So that's my resume, my personal resume. Um, I'm going to talk about, uh, expectations first. So you are not setting up a resale boutique in your garage. You are having a garage sale. Okay. Um, I think sometimes people who've never personally been to garage sales, but just think, Oh, I'm going to have a garage sale. They get it all. You know I mean? there It is fun. It's like playing store when you're a kid. I get that. But realizing this is a garage sale. Okay. And the, if you're doing it in this time of year, then there may be a hundred others in your area. Okay. And you're having a garage sale. People are not expecting to come to a resale boutique. They are expecting to come to a garage sale and kind of thinking of it along those lines.
0: Hold up.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well being a priority. you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code clean at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Um, when I had my first garage sale, before I personally was addicted to them, okay. Uh, this was, you know, when my I think I had my first child was little bitty. My mom had come up to help me, and I was pricing my items and I was seeing dollar signs. You know, I was seeing Oh, look at this item that I don't want in my home, but that's going to be $2 in my pocket. You know, and I was so excited about it. I was so excited to be pricing things. And my mom, who's wise, you know, gently said to me, you need to. Be thinking about getting rid of things, not about the money that you're going to get. She said, "I really think you you may be." She's very nice. She's very diplomatic. But I really think you may be overpricing things. You've got to have the goal to be for stuff to leave your home. And so I kind of adjusted. I kind of listened, and I kind of didn't. And ultimately, she was right. You know, people would uh, pick something up and see. Oh, I'm not paying three dollars for that. You know, they. Part of it is, and I know this now from having been to garage sales, is you start to know what kinds of things you can get. You start to realize I'm going to be able to buy my kids clothes for 50 cents a piece. So even though this garage sale that has never personally been to garage sales, so they don't know that they're charging two or $3. Even though I really love this outfit, I'm pretty sure if I will just keep going to garage sales, I'm going to find that for 50 cents. And so even though that person thinks $3 is a great price and it might be in your neighborhood, we'll talk about that in a minute, but they think that if, if people just look at stuff and go, Oh, well, you know, I'm really not even going to look. I mean, I've often gone up to a garage sale and seen the general prices that they have. And okay. Um, I know this was an abrupt, completely abrupt change. I just have to say that part of, you know, doing this crazy thing I do called podcasting is I don't always tell my husband that, hey, don't happen to come home in the middle of the day at a certain time because I'm recording a podcast. Anyway, so my husband barged in and that might be what you heard right before I paused it. Um, anyway, so back to what I was talking about. Um, okay. So garage sale is an absolute last resort. Um, If you have things to go in your garage sale that you feel have real value, it is very important to try to sell them somewhere else where you're more likely to get a higher value. Garage sale items automatically are supposed to cost less, okay? Dealers, people like that, they go to garage sales to get the rock bottom prices to then sell in your higher earning venues. Okay. So for example, if you have, um, department 56 Christmas village houses that you have decided you want to get rid of, I mean, first of all, let's be realistic and realize that, um, you getting rid of them. It's amazing to me how a lot of times, you know, those things were a huge, everybody had them, everybody was collecting them. Well, a lot of people are getting rid of them now. You know, so they may not have the value that you assumed they had at one point. Kind of the same thing for um Beanie Babies. A lot of people I was in college during the Beanie Baby craze and so I was not really into that. I was kind of in this little bubble world, you know, of not watching television, not doing anything. Like you know, I just I was in college, so I didn't pay any attention. But I remember being at a baby shower one time. Not a baby shower, a wedding shower. And so this was an adult, an unmarried adult woman who was going on and on and on about her beanie babies and how much they were going to be worth someday. Well, there are, there are people, Neil, I know some personally who still truly believe that their beanie babies are worth a lot of money. And yet I see them at garage sales all the time for 50 cents a piece, or here's a huge basket full of ones with the tags attached. Um, you know, all the things that were supposed to give them value from the beginning. And, uh, you know, you can have the whole basket for three or $4 or $5 or whatever. So that's just a great example of, you need to understand the current value of something that you have. And I have a post on my blog. I'll link to this in the show notes for podcast number 27 as well. But I have a post that I just wrote about how to determine the value. And we talked about this last week with uh, eBay, you know, and it's going onto ebay.com checking, you know, finding the exact item that you have, because amazingly, If it's anything collectible or whatever like that, it's usually on there and you can find the exact item in the same condition that you have and you can check completed listings. That's the key. Don't look at how much people want for it. You have to figure out how much people are actually paying for this item and it will give you a realistic idea of, you know, is it really worth as much as I think it is or is it much easier on me and less time consuming and less stress to just stick it in my garage sale and charge 50 cents for it or whatever. But look, there are ways to go and, and determine the value of something. But my point is you need to do eBay or Craigslist or consignment stores before you have your garage sale, because the garage sale is the last result. I have been to garage sales before where there were some cute little baby clothes. I mean, they were, they were cute, uh, but they were priced at like five, six, $10. And I was like, wow, you know, these people, you know, I'm sorry, but it's rare maybe you live in an area where this is not the case, but it is rare that people are going to pay 50 cents. I mean, they're going to pay five, six, ten dollars for a little baby onesie. I mean, it's just not going to happen usually. Um, but the, the girl, I I think I asked on one thing, it was maybe $3 and I asked her if she would take two and she said, Oh no. She said, if they don't sell here, I'm going to put them on eBay. Well, of course at the time I was an eBay seller So I knew that was not the smartest thing in the world for her to do, uh, because not everything sells on eBay. Okay. And not everything goes for a high, amazing dollar amount on eBay. So what you need to do is if, you know, find out, do these things have value, go ahead and put them on eBay. And then if they don't sell, which some things just flat out don't sell on eBay, then put it in your garage sale for a small amount just to get it out of your house and have a little bit of money. Um, So checking those things first, if you are thinking you want to do consignment, do that first, get things together, go take it to the consignment shop and see what they will take because time and time again, I, I wrote something about this recently and someone left a comment that she had taken a huge bag of name brand clothes in great condition to a consignment shop or, you know, I think there's once upon a child, there's all different kinds of things, uh, but she had taken them there. And they didn't take anything that was in her bag. And so if you say, well, I'm going to put it in my garage sale for a high price first. And then if it doesn't sell, I'm going to take it there. Well, then you just end up with no money and all your clothes left over. Or maybe you sold two or three items. That's great to sell those two or three items, but take it to the place where you're going to, you think you're going to get a higher dollar, do that first so that by the time, so that you're realistic and you know, okay, well, I didn't, I put the work in, I didn't get the money. Now I'm just ready to get rid of it. That's the whole garage sale, um, last resort thing. And I'm going to talk about pricing in a future podcast, but I just want to give a little example first. Okay. That is how I kind of put things. And that is when clothes are individually priced and somebody walks up and they see that things are 3 $4, whatever, they're going to really look and they're going to say, okay, these are really, really cute clothes, but um, it's, it's got to be absolutely perfect for me to spend, you know, $4, even for this really cute outfit, when there's a really good chance I'm going to keep going to garage sales today and I'm going to find stuff equally as cute for a dollar or less. Okay. So if, if it's $4, I might, and I'm saying might, it has to be perfectly cute in my child's size with absolutely no flaws. I might spend $4, but if all the clothes are a dollar, then I'm going to go, Oh, and all of a sudden I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to grab the 10 cutest things and I'm spending $10. If things are 50 cents or 25 cents, I might just take every single thing that's even remotely cute that will clothe my child for the next two years and I'll end up spending $20. Okay. So the whole point, and I'm saying I with me not really going to garage sales anymore and not having as many clothes, but that was the mentality that I had. And that most people who frequently go to garage sales have is, you know, so you can either sell one item for $4, your best, most perfect item for $4 and you have $4 and one less item in your garage. Or you can sell everything for a dollar and have $10 and 10 less items in your garage. Or you can sell everything for 50 cents and end up with 20 bucks and almost everything gone. Okay. So That's kind of the mentality that I try to explain to people of it really does pay off if you will go ahead and adjust your expectations and think of stuff as, okay, I need to sell this at a garage sale price, okay? So, but not saying that you should give your stuff away, you should absolutely try to get top dollar. If you have something of real value, get top dollar for it, but do that before the garage sale so that if you've realized, you know what, yeah, this could be worth 50 bucks, but I am not willing to leave it in my house and keep relisting it on eBay. Um, you know, it's more worth it to me to get rid of it. Well, then your whole perspective changes and you're much more willing to sell that item that you might've gotten $50 for on eBay if you listed it 53 times, you know, and kept it for a year. Um, but you'd rather have it out of the house and have five bucks in your hand cash. Okay. So it's a way to, um, to think of that. Another thing with that is just the logic of realizing that selling through eBay or Craigslist just increases your pool. Okay. It's, let's be realistic about if somebody is looking for Christmas villages, um, the chances of, you know, that person who's willing to pay $50 for Christmas village homes of that person living in your town, going to garage sales on that day that you're having a garage sale and stopping by your specific garage sale, those chances, you know, that brings your pool very, very small. It's absolutely possible that you're going to have someone come by who wants to pay 50 bucks for that little ceramic house, but your chances of selling it are so much higher. If you go with eBay where it's a huge, you know, worldwide pool, even though I don't recommend trying to sit ship worldwide, but, um, but you know, you just have to kind of think along those lines of, I'm not going to have the hugest pool of specifically focused buyers at my garage sale on this specific day. Okay. So next advice is don't reject any buyers. This is a tendency of people who don't have garage sales very often and don't go to garage sales. It can be, I mean, I've seen it in the, the paper before and I've even thought it myself. I think the first garage sale I had, I even had this attitude of, I don't want anyone coming early. Well, guess what? People come early and the people who come early are serious about buying certain items. Maybe they're looking for specifically a certain size of kids clothes that you specifically listed in your newspaper listing. Okay. So these people are here. They want to get there. You said you have this. They want what you said you have. And so they're there early to get it. Go ahead. Let them look around. You might not even be done putting everything else. Putting, putting everything out. But if you, um, you know, if they're interested in buying it, they're probably more interested in paying a little bit, you know, not the end of the day prices where they're just getting whatever's left over, but they're probably willing to pay the beginning of the garage sale price. And um, they may, you know, they might buy everything you have. If you said that you had ceramic dolls in your newspaper ad and they have gotten there early to buy ceramic dolls, they very well might be a dealer. And so they might buy every ceramic doll that you have. Okay. Um, so don't, don't reject those people. If they want to come, Hey, sure. Feel free to look around. It's not all out yet. So you probably want to come back later, but yeah, you can look around. Um, also have to think along the cash mentality. Garage sales deals, deal in cash. That means people have a finite amount of money. They, um, you know, they may start out the day with $5 or $10 or $20. You want them to sell, you want them to spend that money at your garage sale, okay? So letting them come to your garage sale first when they have all their cash, great, go for it. Um I mentioned dealers. Don't reject dealers. Uh this can be a real thing that I hear people get all high and mighty about. And that is, ugh, I do not want to sell it to somebody who's just going to go and sell it somewhere else. Well, that's where you also have to be realistic about the fact that you're having a garage sale. Okay. You are not some boutique place, you know, for people to buy things. You're having a garage sale. Dealers buy things for cheap at a garage sale. And then they put in a lot of work because you get to set the item on a table. Maybe it's broken. Maybe it has holes in it. You haven't even had to look at it. I talked about this in my, um, eBay, how to sell on eBay thing that I did. Um, but you just set it in your garage and you're done after a day. If they buy it, they are renting a booth somewhere to sell that item. Uh, they're renting it and they have to pay their rent, whether or not they sell enough to cover that rent, you know, whether or not they do. So, you have a one day commitment. They have a huge commitment. Okay. And they have to have it perfect. It has to be in working order. They very well might buy something that they think "Hmm, I can get that working. And so they'll pay you two bucks for it thinking they might sell it for 10 and then they get it home and they can't get it to work. And so they just wasted $2. Okay. So they're the one assuming the risk they're going to put the work in. If they're going to sell it on eBay, they have to photograph it. They have to describe it. They have to research it all that work that they're willing to do is how they earn that money. Okay. So don't reject dealers. You don't have to sell an item for 50 cents if you don't want to sell it for 50 cents, but don't fall into that trap of saying, I'd rather keep it, or I'd rather donate it than sell it for 50 cents to someone who's going to sell it for $5. You know, let's just get over it. And realize that you'd rather have that 50 cents and the item out of your house. Because the beauty of a garage sale is that people pay you to take your clutter out of your house. It's really an awesome thing if you'll let yourself do that. Um, Don't be offended when people ask if you'll take less. It's okay to say no. Just say no if you don't want to. But if people, you know, sometimes people say, okay, everything's, let's say all your clothes are a dollar. And they, you know, get 25 items and they say, Hey, will you take 20 for this? It's up to you. You don't have to personally, I would, because that's $20, $20 in my pocket and $25, uh, and 25 items out my door. Okay. So, um, that's, I'm just a big believer in, you know, let people, you know, ask you to take less, um, knowing your area. This is huge. And I talked about this before, When you hear a rumor, you hear somebody that you know, or somebody who you know who knows somebody else who knows somebody else who made twenty five hundred dollars at their garage sale. That's awesome, but you probably don't need to get too excited until you've figured out a few things. Like, did they sell um, a car for seventeen fifty, and they included included that in their total? I mean, sometimes that happens. Or did they sell furniture? And if they did sell furniture and you're planning to sell furniture, what kind of furniture did they sell? Are they one of those people who, not like me, you know, replaces their furniture every two years and so they can sell it for a whole lot more than maybe you can sell your scratchy plaid couch that was your grandmother's and you had it in college and you're finally getting rid of it after it's been in your garage for three years? I don't know. I mean, you know, what is what you're selling? Is that going to compare to what they're selling? Okay. Uh were the clothes that they wanted to sell of the same name brands and quality and condition as the ones that you're going to sell? I mean, let's just all be honest. There's a real range of, you know, different types of ways that people clothe their kids. You can get really cute clothes at Walmart, but there's a lot of people who only buy Jamboree. You know, what is it that they, what kinds of things did they sell versus what you sell? You know, I have a friend who made a ton of money. I know she made close to a thousand dollars at a garage sale. Well, that's really neat except that I can't do what she did because she and her husband sell at flea markets and they had a huge assortment I think it was of sunglasses and purses that they were selling for a small amount um which was a great deal for people but I don't have stock like that that I'm going to sell in my garage sale so, so I can't just say that even though she lived in my neighborhood um you know she made 800 dollars that does not mean I'm going to make 800 dollars cuz what I have to sell is not comparable to what she has to sell um if you, uh, you know, one of the things I always say to pay attention to is when somebody says um, that, uh, you know, people don't buy clothes around here at garage sales. That very well may be true. I have lived in different areas and different areas like here, people buy garage, buy clothes like crazy. But another place I lived, they really didn't. Um, but it also might come down to what kinds of clothes they were trying to sell and how, um, how much they were asking for them. A little story I have, and this goes along with, you know, other things I've been talking about is, uh, somebody that I know knew, I don't know her anymore. It's from years ago, but she was telling how frustrated she was. She had gotten ready for a garage sale and she had this like really expensive 70 or $80 baby boy outfit that she had up uh, hanging up beautifully, you know, and I think she was asking $10 for it, which is a great deal if you were looking for that name brand item, well, nobody even paid any attention to that really, really nice outfit. But the onesies that she had for 50 cents a piece that were stained and, you know, so far from perfect, people bought those like crazy. I mean, they just bought them up. And so it just gives you a perspective on, you know, that whole garage sale thing. If she would have sold that same outfit for maybe three or four dollars, it, it might've sold. Okay. But you know, you thinking, well, this was what it was worth when I bought it, I was willing to pay this, you know, but you were also willing to go to a boutique boutique where these people are coming to a garage sale. Okay. So other advice, if you don't know somebody around you, uh, who's had a garage sale, uh, that you can, you know, find out comparable type things from go to garage sales before your garage sale, go to a few, don't go early in the morning, go at noon. Uh, and see okay as you drive up if you see that there's hardly anything there then you can assume well this was a successful garage sale and just go look around kind of pick their brains people love to talk um just say hey you know so what kinds of things did you have? Oh, did you sell a lot of clothes? You know, whatever it is that you have, do you have furniture or sell whatever? How have you been doing today? Oh, I've been doing great. You know, we've made a lot of money. Great. That's wonderful. Um, what kinds of things did you sell? Oh, okay. What kind was it? You know, what types of clothes and, and how much did you sell your clothes for? I'm thinking about having a garage sale soon. People are always willing to share that advice and you'll find out in your neighborhood, you know, what kinds of things do well. If you go to a garage sale where, um, you get there at noon and it looks like they just opened then they probably had things priced too high it generally comes down to price in garage sales not just what people were looking for but people will grab stuff up if it's the right price so if they still have a ton of stuff left over way more than you would want to have left over from your garage sale um then, you know, ask them, oh, okay, you know, look around and see the prices of their clothes. If they're asking 3 and $4 for everything and they haven't sold hardly anything, well, then you can know that, okay, then that's too high of a price and I need to price mine lower than that. Um,
0: Hold up.
1: Also, you know, maybe they have sold a ton and they just had a bunch of extra stuff. Well, you know, just ask those questions and find out from people. Um, just to go back real quick before I'm finished on the um last resort mentality. This is Noni the slob talking to you, Noni, the decluttering expert because I've had to become a decluttering expert because I've had to declutter so much um, if you are going to have a garage sale. You have to have the mentality that if it doesn't sell, I'm going to donate it. Okay. If it doesn't sell, it's going to be gone. I am not bringing it back into my house. Personally, you know, when I have in the past brought stuff back into my house that didn't sell, it's junk. It's stuff I had already decided I didn't want and I was willing to get rid of it. Um, And bringing it back in my house was usually bringing it back in boxes or piles. And then that's just something that people like me don't need to be doing. So having that mentality that if it, when this is over, it's going to, um, it's going to leave my house. I'm just going to donate it. That also helps you be willing to take less money and it's going to be better off for your house because your whole goal of having a garage sale is to get rid of stuff. Okay. So having that mentality, it's not going to come back in, ask around to friends or look in the paper or, uh, you know, a lot of times in the newspaper, in the uh, garage sale ads for the paper, there'll be one that says, we'll pick up your garage sale leftovers. Great. Call that number and let them pick it up when you're done. And that way that stuff is just out of there. Uh, So I'll be talking more in future podcasts about garage sales. I'm a little bit amazed that I've talked for 33 minutes just about these few aspects. Uh, but I will, I'm going to talk about how to set up your garage sale, how to price it and how to get people there, how to advertise it. So those will be coming in future podcasts. And I just want to say that, uh, the most money I've ever made at a garage sale was when I specifically priced almost everything under a dollar. The only things that I didn't price under a dollar were like baby furniture and I think a recliner that I had. But that was the most money I ever made because I just was getting stuff out of there and people were buying stuff like crazy. And you'd be amazed how quickly quarters and dollars add up. It it truly is amazing. Um, Just that shift in mentality. If you like my podcasts, which if you're listening for 34 minutes, I would hope maybe you like it a little bit. Uh, But if you do, I would love it if you would leave a review in iTunes. I so greatly appreciate those of you who have done that. Um, That really helps other people find the podcast. Uh, Within iTunes, it just helps so much to have those, those rankings, either just leaving a, you know, certain number of star review or to actually, you know, the more you can write that also helps me. If you have suggestions for future podcasts or questions that you would like answered, I would love for you to email those to me at a slob becomes clean at gmail.com. I would love to hear those from you uh, suggestions that you have, or just critiques, whatever. I, I really do appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye.